0: Jameson with her story podcast her is an acronym for heroic empowering and resilient and this is a self-improvement self-acceptance and women empowerment podcast my main purpose is to encourage empower and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity each of us has a story an illness a financial burden or a dead-end job In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone, but when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are currently facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. Welcome, welcome, and good morning, folks. Again, this is Jay Jameson. Happy Hump Day. As always, super happy and excited to drop some gems with you all today. If it's your first time listening to her story, this is a platform created to share the stories of various women throughout the country. In our current culture, we highlight the glow up, but we don't discuss the backstory or the barriers it took to take us to where we are today. Her story is here to stump the social media facade and focus on the lessons learned and to celebrate our wins. This podcast is an outlet to highlight all women, specifically women of color. We have been historically ignored and underappreciated, yet we are the most resilient and intelligent individuals on this planet. I am here today because so many women have entrusted with me their stories to share and to highlight their vision. You have heard from guests as far as LA, ATL, Houston, Nashville, New York, and the beloved city that I reside in, New Orleans, and so, so many more. However, today, I have the privilege to share with you all another phenomenal woman's story, Miss Kendra Hall. Kendra is a current resident of New Jersey, and I'm happy to add this city to my list as well. She's an advocate, a public speaker, an author, very, very accomplished, and transitions throughout her life that have shaped her into the current person she is today. Hello, Kendra, how are you? Hi, how are you? I am doing good, super excited that we have the time today to actually talk, to dig in more about who you actually are, your backstory, and to also highlight some important things that you have going on today and to provide that information to our audience. So um, what's been going on?
1: Well, i excited to be on her story this is an amazing podcast i mean there's just so many different benefits from the support that we get from hearing each other and that inspiration that we that we all feel that tingly feeling that we can still do it regardless of whatever uh issues that we may be going through at the present moment so kudos to you for your amazing podcast. I love
0: that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, we both, we share a commonality in the importance of sharing past experiences and life lessons with others. Um, when we briefly spoke right before the recording, we had went through certain things um, that really shaped and mold you. And um you know, really helped you shape in giving your own self, the term being a survivor, right? You have turned your past into a sense of empowerment and motivation. And you also shed light on the importance of mental health awareness and just different advocacy issues. You have so much going on. And I'm excited just to hear more about you and those things that have shaped you. So um, as we begin to get into your story... I'm sorry. You can go ahead.
1: i would oh, please. Um, love to share with you. Um, thank you again for having me on. Um, so for me, I my my story is really kind of revolves around um, me being out on my own at the age of 13. And what did that mean for me as a young girl? Um, I'm, I prior to that time frame of 13, I was very uh, big into the church. Um, I was in church constantly mondays Wednesdays Sundays Saturdays <laughs> to evangelize and I uh, was youth group leader the uh, lead singer in the, the children's choir I went to all of the youth conventions uh, after church on Sundays I would go to the next church um, with uh, you know my youth group I was very active again um, in the church so and on top of that I was I was also in a lot of extracurricular activities. So I, my parents had me in a lot of different things. They were a um, mother. I want to call her like a ti- she was a tiger mom in essence. So uh, my parents were married, or um, still, and they're still married, but um, they were very rigid um, and, and very strict. So um, I didn't have a lot of TV time as a young young kid, and um, I did. A, I had well, we had to play an instrument. It wasn't even an option. Um, which was good for, you know, let's say one of my brothers who uh, now has taken his and He's been on tour all around the world.
0: Uh, oh, wow. So it
1: turned out well for, yeah, one of my other siblings got a full scholarship. Two of my siblings went to Princeton and one one to Wharton. So, you know, I come from a family of uh, my parents have their masters on top of that. So par- parents who are very edu- very much educated, um, and, you know, we lived in upper middle class um, around that when I was Uh, prior to 13 and so on and so forth so everything was very you know was moving very fast for me as a young person and I didn't I felt like I lacked control over the things doing the things that I wanted to do and so I met this you know I met this boy and um started to sneak around at like age, uh you know 11 12 um (laughs) just kind of seeing him and uh Wind up having sex. I skipped school one day,
0: had sex, and got pregnant the first time I had sex. Wow! That really turned
1: my world around.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, turned my world around. That um. You know, I've heard that happen to certain people before, but sometimes it just doesn't really resonate until you hear it again, like out out of all of the odds. Right. It seems like your entire life was kind of just stitched out and in line and scheduled. And I can definitely relate. I went to private school from preschool through 12th grade, although my parents they they weren't strict, strict, but there still were definitely rules and different things that I had to abide by and kind of, you know, had to stick to a schedule. And then for a scare like that, um, I can't even imagine uh, what was going through your head at the time or how you could even, (laughs) even reveal that to your parents. So can you just expound a a little bit on that experience? Like how was that, oh Oh, my my gosh, the moment you found that out.
1: The moment, oh, well, you know, when I found out, I hid it for some months, you know, I, I, definitely, you know, I hid it, I denied it. Um, I denied it for a while and then I finally came to terms with it. I had to like I'm a school official, uh, found out and, uh, threatened to tell my parents if I didn't tell my parents. So I was given a limited amount of time to tell on myself. So I, you know, I had to face, uh, face the music and, um, you know, my mother didn't take it so well. <laughs> right. um, and she, you know, she fell out. And then uh, my father didn't take it well. You know, he was very uh, disappointed and, you know, very much in, in a state of uh, un- not accepting the fact that I was pregnant. And he still wanted me to um, be focused on my options of, in his mind, which were abortion and adoption.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: he, his mind was, well, she'll get an abortion or she'll have a she'll, the baby will go for adoption everything can work out but if, if the baby would be the worst thing possible right so uh, when it come came to find it came to the doctors and um, I was told that I was no longer eligible to have an abortion even though I was going to you know say I didn't want one um, but I wasn't even eligible because um, I was past a certain term and um, and then I just my father showed me a video of this place, um, you know, out west, basically. <laughs> it would look like an old ranch. Or,
0: oh, my um, gosh.
1: And, the, yeah, it was where women, and, and the girls looked like they had these old-fashioned long dresses on, and it was like a VHS, mind you, <laughs> you know, telling on myself how old I am. Right. VHS tape, And <laughs> he played it and, to me and, and showed it to me. He said, you know, this is where you would go to, and you would stay here until you have the baby. And then you would come back and they would get, you know, the baby would go up for adoption and everything could be fine.
0: You right. Know, we he thought that things. was All just perfect. The perfect idea. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And so he gave me a, a, a day to think about it, basically. And when I told him no, he cussed me out like I was somebody off the street. It yeah. was like, whoa. I mean, he just, you know, he went crazy. And I think that, uh, you know, looking back, I'm sure he uh, regrets that that time, um, but looking back, I'm sure he was, just didn't know what to do the shock of your child, uh, telling you at such a young age that, you know, all the sacrifices that you made as a parent were for, in their mind, nothing like, you know, especially if, if, if they are, uh, you know, my parents are, again, are very educated. They, you know, uh, drugs were just, you know, the, the worst thing in the world if they were around, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, very straight and narrow. Like I said, I was in church all the time. They were very, um. You know strict in all different ways you know um and that's these are all good things that you got that you want your parents to be on top of your your schooling and all of that um and my mother was was an educator and all of that um so i think that um just kind of having that that pressure of um you know expecting higher of your child um and and they're not they you know they they feel you and and that's kind of what i think my father was going through some feelings of like, did he feel as a parent? He knew I felt as a child in his mind, but <laughs> did he feel as a parent? How this happened? It, and I think that he just, you know, he he really had some uh, sorting to do uh, with his feelings of of all of that. So, you know, and that's what I can say looking back. But I think at the time, you know, it affected me in a way of uh, feeling like it was me against the world, right. and I started to understand that hey. You know what? I gotta, I gotta figure this out by myself, and nobody's gonna help me. And I just started to get angry. You know, like <laughs> I started to get, you know, like angry and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not to sit around and, and feel sorry for myself. You know, I just started to get mad. Like, <laughs> like just and mad at the what at age the were action. you?
0: At this point, I
1: was I was thirteen when I got pregnant.
0: thirteen. Wow. So, okay. uh,
1: I was thirteen. Yep, I was Thirteen, <laughs> 13 years old. So, um, you know, and so, long story short, uh, my father said I wasn't going to be able to live there anymore, and uh, I was going to be living poor from now on, because again, like I said, I was living in upper middle class, Mm -hmm. so now, um, his thought was, you know, we're taking you off everything. And they took me off all of their insurance.
0: Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I had braces on, they took me off their dental insurance, they took me off of everything. they really just went. They, they went on a whole, uh, you know, I'm um, disowned mm-hmm. uh, campaign in essence. So, um, you know, I wound up eventually having the baby by myself in the hospital. Um, all these people were around because I was. I wound up being at a teaching hospital, and um, you know, they had all the residents around me. At a, you know, I, I had the baby five days after my 14th birthday. So I think that. I wasn't really too far off of 13 anyway. Right. So I was still in a very, you know, 13, 14 age range. So I think that there were a lot of things that were uh, pivotal moments that I had to deal with by myself that really strengthened me and to understand that I can do some things by myself. And if I need to, and it's just like, hey, it's me again, me, me against the world. And it's given me more of a resilient person personality. Because um, that's one of the things that... Uh, my story is about us being resilient and not just falling
0: uh, and staying on the ground when dealing with uh, situations. So. Most definitely, um, you know, as I've stated within the intro, I said that, you know, like women, and specifically, I love to highlight women of color, how I feel like we are the most resilient, educated people, or intelligent people, um to just overcome so many barriers, um so many generational things that. May have you know, hindered certain people, but still we rise above all of it. And you stated that you learned a sense of survival and re- really, you had no other option, right? But I'm sure that sense of survival carried you on throughout throughout the years and you know has definitely um, molded your character and who you are today. And um, so in regards to your faith, right? Uh, I know you said that you were heavenly within the church prior to this. And of course that was influenced and shaped by your parents and other adult figures at that time. How did that carry on as All of these things started drastically changing, you know, uh, learning that you were pregnant at 13, basically being disowned and everything that you typically knew at that point was then erased. You had to immediately have this sense of survival at such a young age and really just start off and be there on your own. So um, you said that you were driven by faith, but how, how, how did you find it? You know, how did you find it at such a vulnerable point in your life?
1: Would say that I've always been that you know I've, I've always had faith you know mm-hmm. since I was a young young girl I mean I didn't get to the point where I was you know the youthful bleeder or the you know leader in this or that because there was no passion for that particular thing I did that because it was genuinely inside of me that I had a passion for loving God you know that was already within me regardless of whether or not I had sex or not um, that one time as a young person, like, it didn't negate, just like it wasn't for somebody, anybody, in essence, that, that, you you know, whether or not sin is the present, that you don't, you can still love the Lord, right. you know, it just really is one of those situations where, um, like I said, when I went to youth, um, you know, I went to youth conferences, and when I went there, I actually prayed. I was speaking in tongues. I was I was gifted. You know, there were some things that I already had when it came down to my relationship with God, and again, I would ha- I would know my Bible at that time because I would go to Bible study, and I was, you know, I was prayerful, um, and and so these things were already within me, and I found comfort in, comfort in them, and because of I had already found comfort in those things, um, you're going to go regardless of whether you're going through a situation, you're going to go back to certain things that you feel some type of relief from, and that was one of the things was praying and uh, going to church. Um, you know, I took my boys to church. It wasn't just we would get dressed up on Sundays. No, we went to church, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and they're adults now. But
0: <laughs> right. you know,
1: they can recall. You know, and I was a, I was a strict parent. You know, I was like one of those. I was a parent parent. I wasn't like a even though I had him young. My youngest, you know, I have my three kids by the time was eighteen. That's what it turned into. Oh
0: wow! Um,
1: and so for me, having three kids by eighteen, I had a different mentality and. That was to be a a, you know um, to really learn myself number one, but also to get myself in a position to where I had um, certain freedoms, um, and I wasn't always you know strapped for things. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be comfortable in in doing certain um, activities. So um, you know, I really you know I learned about um, being resourceful very early on, and that there are a lot of different resources. And a lot of that starts from your networking. Right. So, you know, jumping off of that, it's just, you know, I've just been all, all around in essence. Um, and within terms of, um, you know, um, when it comes down to God, you, you also have to think of, and church, uh, you think of people, too. So think of also, you know, when I go to church, I'm also going to uh, fellowship with my with my other, uh, other people who are... Um, you know, love the Lord, and they're going to have a different, like, a more of a kindred soul mm-hmm. uh, type, and it's going to be more of a family environment. That kind of leads you to better types of people, in essence, I think, uh, people who are a little bit more focused. Not always, <laughs> but right. um, that was good for me if I'm going into a new town, um, in essence, it's kind of like finding a church home.
0: Right. Uh, find,
1: and then those, you can kind of network with those people, and they can tell you, hey, this is going on within the neighbor, neighborhood, the area. These are some jobs that are available. Um, you kind of can talk talk to each other and find out what resources are available, and you may even find somebody that you, you know, who knows. There's been times where I've um, met up at a church, uh, unbeknownst to me, with somebody I hadn't seen in maybe like a year or two. I'm sure that's happened to you before too. You kind of meet up with people. You're like, "What in the world? How, what are you doing here?" Right. And it was just—it's it, just perfect timing um, for whatever it is that you're, you know, is maybe going on within your life as well. So, you know, I think I also utilize church um, for uh, to kind of keep me going, being around that type of energy, being around those people who I felt more uh, kind of got it um, when it came down to uh, having faith. Um, and I think that um, that's because I was so, in. you know, I was so, like I said, resilient and I had faith in my ability to get myself out of whatever situation I may be in. Right. Um, so...
0: And I you think know. you know but that's the perfect
1: game you know like a great place for me to go.
0: Right. And I think what's really important, one thing that you stated too, is basically no matter how many times we may fall or the mistakes that we actually make, it's our faith in being prayerful and uh, believing and knowing that God is going to just pull us throughout those different situations and that he grants mercy and forgiveness. You know, Um, sometimes when we go through certain situations within life, like you said, at one point you are angry, but some folks, they don't really know how to actually evolve or get out of that angry state and staying angry or hard on yourself it won't change anything so a very important factor as well is changing your mind frame sometimes and accepting certain things for what they are and moving forward and looking towards the future and doing better and also you know tell me who you are and I'll tell you who your friends are you know uh it's important to have people who have the same type of mind frame that you have around you and that you actually surround yourself with. So all of those things are, I think very uh, pivotal points when trying to overcome certain situations and trying to sh- shape and shift your mind frame into being positive and moving forward wow. through certain situations. So, and your foundation was your faith in belief in God in the church. So, um, I, I definitely, I thank you for sharing that. And, um, also, just sharing the different steps for you, for instance, that was, I'm sure, a big point, a big part of you within the healing process, you know. Um, uh, you also stated, you know, when you were younger that going back to the survival, the survival mold, uh, but with, uh, I think within the black community, we're always, we're taught to survive, but me I always ask the question you know what does survival or what does any of that even mean if we aren't really encouraged to heal to me a huge part of surviving is healing and a huge part of healing is accepting your part and moving forward and a huge part of empowering other people is also sharing the lessons and experiences within forgiveness so um I'm sure at some point it may have been difficult for you so how was your your sense of of healing throughout the certain processes or certain things that happen within your life. So, you know, we're not going to go into full detail because I do want to highlight, uh, something that you, a project that you have going on a a little later, but just the, the sense of healing and how that shifts your, uh, focus on empowering, empowering young girls too, because you also mentioned that you're a mentor. So I think, and I love all of the, all of what you
1: shared. It's just, definitely um, definitely makes a great you make a great point um, we talk about this these, these, this topic I mean um, healing and I think for me the healing part came when I understood uh, that uh, the, the power that I had within me
0: and yes, that love I it. had
1: the ability to change can you hear me
0: yeah I was saying I love it
1: <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> I'm sorry to change certain Situations. I had the ability to, um, to, to make my future what I wanted it to be. I didn't have to be stuck within someone else's box. I was never, uh, and, and, you know, I, I would be quiet at some juncture, but my real self was uh, someone who was, um, you know, more of assertive, who knew what she wanted um, at the end of the day. And I knew that when I was not, I feel like this, I knew what I was not going to do. Right. <laughs> so I, and I knew that I wasn't going to put myself in a position to have to do certain things so I knew uh, what I was not going to do and that was very helpful because I knew my boundaries um, of uh, how I wanted to work um, you know how I wanted to uh, to to spend my time um, so I think that um, you know part of healing is you having creating some type of discipline for yourself um, is some type of uh, goal for yourself, a why, understanding what your why is, why you're doing the things that you're doing, finding what drives you, um, and starting to really learn yourself, because sometimes, you you know, you, be, you can be hurting yourself, if that has nothing to do with uh, someone else hurting you, because, you know, people only have but so much power, so you have to deal with, um, you know, who you are, and you have to learn that you have the power to again create and you don't have to stay in a certain space just because uh, it it may be expected of you or you've been pushed down or you feel uh, today you you don't feel as great you know this is the power of you being disciplined and doing what you need to do uh, regardless of what uh, how you feel you just still have to get up you know as they say show up you know dress up show up and uh, do what you need to do Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just no uh Better power than not to procrastinate. Uh, When you start to see results, you'll start to love yourself more too. You know, look at yourself and see. uh, As you see the results, it may take some time, but you know that they're coming. As you chip away at uh, doing things for yourself better, you know, in a better way, and uh, like you said, surrounding yourself with the right people, and you'll start to see how uh, great of a person you are. Because again, it starts to you start to look at yourself and. You have to know that you are uh, you are made to be great. You're made to live your best life. You're not made to stick in, you know, staying in a state of uh, feeling hurt and sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't help anybody. And it's, you know, it's something we all have to go through. There's certainly some, some things called the, uh, the, the dark night of day, in essence. Uh, so you're going through a period. You could go through a period of... Um, depression and and you know that may be something something different as well so you know you have to learn what is what kind of hurt also you're dealing with so is it just that type of hurt that you can maybe snap yourself out of it or are you going through maybe something you know that's
0: life-changing even that yeah. me,
1: you may need a specialist and you can't be afraid to go to get therapy and all of that mm-hmm. if that's what you so need um, and so you have to be able to recognize that. Um, and it just may not be, uh, again, uh, hey, I, I'm telling myself I'm powerful, maybe something deeper. So if that's what you feel, too, you have to kind of uh, start to add, do some introspection either way so you can kind of identify where you're at in that scale of, hey, I need to, to speak to a therapist. And there's nothing wrong with that just anyway because I love therapists. You know, I love the fact of um, that – uh, there that is available to people because, you know, you can't keep telling people, can't keep telling their family members and friends everything and then wonder why there's gossip going on and, right. <laughs> you know, uh, people feel some way about another person when they patch it up and all of that, uh, all of the politics, like, with telling your family and friends all of your business um, as opposed to telling uh, uh, somebody who is bound to uh, confidentiality.
0: Right, um, and then sometimes, and, 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 you know, when you continuously... When, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off But I was saying you know um, Sometimes when you continuously Pour into someone else Not necessarily like um, pouring affirmation or words empowering, but you know pouring your actual issues and things that are going on within your life it can become draining and almost burdensome for the other person and they start to carry your issues with them so then it's like you know what do we have going on now now both of us are kind of like drained and we need some type of uh, counseling or advice from another source so definitely important to go to a therapist or a counselor, and you know, mental health within our communities is definitely important. Just to share and talk, and to um, just share anything that's going on within your life. So um, you said that you know you well. You didn't say it, but I said <laughs> that you know we have something that you will be dropping soon. And you have dropped these gems all throughout uh, our interview. But you have a current book that you are releasing, Dropping Jewels. So can you tell us a little more information about that and where we can actually uh, cop a copy of your book?
1: Absolutely. Thank you again uh, for for your support in my new endeavor. Uh, The book actually came out October 11th on International Day of the Girl Child, which is in support of... Uh, Michelle Obama's initiative to bring awareness to the issues going on with young girls around the world. So I wanted to make sure I released on that day uh, and, and just to inspire and show that, uh, you know, we do care. You know, for, we do care for one another. I am my sister's keeper. Right. Um, and for the other sister's keepers out there. So Drop and Jules is the name of the title of the book, Guiding Principles to Help Girls Live Their Best life. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, uh, available in paperback as well. And uh, the site to purchase the book is www.droppinjewelzjewels.com. So that's my site. You can go on there. You'll find a link to purchase the book. And you'll also learn a little bit about me because I also do public speaking. I have... um, I've workshops. There's a plethora of different uh, services that um, I'm definitely looking uh, to, to, to book some new, um, some new businesses. So Great. check my site out. And thank you so much for having me on today.
0: No problem. Um, do you have any social media handles you would like to share, too?
1: I do. Uh, you can contact me uh, on social media or follow me at JusticeJules, J-U-S-T-U-S-J-E-W-E-L-C, um, and on Instagram or Kendra Drop Jules Call on Facebook. So
0: thank you so much. No problem. No problem, Kendra. I really did enjoy our conversation. And I really encourage everyone who has listened to go out and drop the book and just learn even more information about who Kendra really is. So, you know, there you have it, folks, just another heroic, empowering and resilient um, young woman. So I just want to thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.
1: No problem. So much so forward to the success of your podcast. It's it's great to have this out here uh, to help to inspire us women uh, to 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 keep going forward and and knowing that we can still make it. So I I greatly thank you for the inspiration that you provide.
0: Awesome. I I thank you as well. You know, continue continue to share your story because storytelling is definitely very important um, within our community and. Folks, in closing, you know, always remember that your story is not solely for you. That it's meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You are a victor. You are a winner and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles do not last always. You are brilliant, bold and beautiful. You are her heroic empowering and resilient and thank you all once again for tuning in i just asked you of one simple thing if you could please share 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 her story podcast i am available on apple Podcasts, google play and also on soundcloud and again this is jay jameson with her story podcast and we're out